Y'all might keep this one short and sweet. The year's almost done. It's that time to reevaluate our lives and really plan for what's about to come in 2021. 2020 was a motherfucker. And y'all know what I'm talking about. This year was wild. There was hella curveballs. No one saw this shit coming. We all had to adjust. And so in preparing for a successful year, we always write down our goals and just get straight to it. We're, we're doing a full reset as soon as January 1 comes. But there is one step that you need to take before you start planning, which I think is incredibly crucial and mostly oftentimes overlooked. And we're going to tell you what that is right after we get into this intro. Let's get it. And welcome back to another morning roast edition of the Black with Milk Cream podcast, where we deep dive into creative topics with the goal of giving you a daily dose of motivation and inspiration. You are now listening to the number one podcast for content creators on earth, discussing the ins and outs of freelancing, filmmaking, photography, business, and more. And now your host, coming to you live from the Black with No Cream headquarters in Los Angeles, off their fourth cup of coffee, Ben Haggerty and David Malave. Yo, welcome back. Hope you had a good uh, whatever holiday you celebrate. Um... We're recording this, honestly. We're going to be truthful with you guys. It's it's December 17th when we're recording this. We're just pre-recording these episodes because Dave's about to dip out and go see his family. And we want to make sure we had a morning roast plan for you. So yeah, current events. What do we got, Dave? Man, nothing. We just we just dropped another YouTube video. We did. Uh, so definitely go check that out. Black Winter Cream YouTube is off and running. Ben's really hyped about it, actually. Would you like to tell him how? Yeah, I love it. Uh, go find the YouTube channel. Subscribe, like, comment. Okay, all the typical things you need to do, go do it on every video we drop. So we're, you know, tackling that algorithm proper. I don't know what video we dropped this week because we're recording in the past. <laughs> well, you get, well, I guess now that we said it, it has, it's like almost, it's a given now we have to do it. I'm dropping a video regardless next week. I know. So it's like we're, we're, we're manifesting it. We're manifesting the next YouTube video that comes out after Danilo. So go yeah. check it out. Danilo's episode's a banger. The episode we dropped out before that, the run it back, the first run it back episode's a banger. So go check them all out. This topic. All right. So, you know, it's typical for podcasters who try to motivate people to talk about how to conquer the new year as we approach. We did last year and I liked last year's episode. We talked about journaling and how to like write down our goals for the year. And and you can go find the information about how to do that, strategizing that in a million other YouTube videos, any other podcast. But me and Dave think it's it's wise for us to talk about reflection, like 2020 was a fucking trip, huh? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, this shit was a yeah, trip. the trippiest year of all time, I guess you could say. At least in our lifetimes, obviously. No, it is. And I, Dave, you found a quote. I don't know if you have it on you. Can yeah, you that quote? so the quote that I found, uh, I'll just read it to you guys, and then we'll talk about it after. But it's, uh, you know, something on, just been circulating on, in, on the social media, but it says, uh, before we all rush off to create goals and vision boards for 2021, how about we pause and reflect on all the progress we've made this year and celebrate ourselves for the, all the things we've achieved and accomplished. Right. And that's so super true. That, yeah, that, that quote, I sent that to Ben because it got me thinking, right? I've been, I've been kind of uninspired. Uh, you're trying to find the energy to really start getting motivated for the new year, you know? I think the concept of the new, year, the new year is always interesting. It's really dope that, you know, every year, everyone collectively feels like you get this fresh new start, right? Like mm-hmm. in school, you start writing a new date on your page. You know what I mean, and, and being a grown up, it's your opportunity to like set new goals, you know, chart a new path, make changes in your life, all that stuff. And it's funny how, you know, in the end of December, we, we might be not thinking that way. We're thinking about being on the holiday, but like a couple of days pass and now we should, we're all feeling like we need to be hyped. We need to be setting, you know, new goals and, and being super proactive with things. And I think 
yeah, the, with this quote really stuck out to me. It's like the first step before you can start being hyped up about all the goals you need to set and everything that you need to accomplish in the next year. It's like, you got to look back, man. You got to really reflect on the year past. So I think this quote really like set us off. Cause I think for both of us, we're looking to start getting our gears turned to 2021, but we, we, we were looking back today at our goals and really thinking about like, man, where, where do we fall short? Yeah. And it's cool. I love that quote that you read. Cause it's, it's similar to like everyone that is on our text squad that I text out. It tells me when it's their birthday. And so I kind of wrote this message that, I don't know. I just wanted to be personal as fuck to, to everyone that it was their birthday. And I always tell them like, yo, turn up, whatever. You're probably faded by the time I'm texting you, but you need to reflect on all the goals you've accomplished this past year because that shit's rewarding. Like if you really sit back and figure out how you were able to pull off some of the things you pulled off in, in the last 365 days, um, you, you can feel proud of that moving into the next year. And that can set you up to set up your new goals, your new heights that you want to hit, you know, like the ceiling continues to, to, um, to heighten. So we need to sit there and try to figure out like, what do we want to, what do we want to tackle? And I do like, you know, me and Dave, we, so we have these books, I'm holding them in my hands. We try to write our personal goals in our, in our journals and then, uh, black window cream goals. And it's funny, it's really crazy to look at it. Cause some of the shit just is literally not possible. Like I know we wanted to have black window cream meetups and, we said we wanted to do the first one in LA and we wanted to do one in a different state. And both of those shits got canned immediately when this, this year started. But I think it is tight to look at some of the stuff. Like one thing Dave said, that was tight. You should talk about the big Sean thing that you wrote down. That was fucking ill. Yeah. I mean, uh, so like I'm looking back at my goals, right. And it's, it's funny because you know, the pandemic really fucked a lot of my goals up. Mm -hmm. And the, the mistake I made looking back is that I never re I never like honed back in and set a new path and like recalibrated everything. And I look back at my old goals and a lot of them were like, were so live music driven or travel driven or just things that basically were rendered useless this whole year. Right. But despite all that, and I'll keep, I'll talk about that topic still, but despite all that, I was looking through and one of my goals was that I wrote, you know, January 4th or whatever, when we made this book was to work with big Sean and truly really striving or continuing to chart, like go towards that goal all year. It like just, that goal came to me in the last month and or the last two months. And so to look back and be like, damn, like that's dope that in January I thought like, yo, it would be dope to work with big Sean. Like I'm a fan and I, I, I feel like I can make that happen. And then for that to actually happen is validation for yourself when you, when you look back at those things. And I think that's why it's so important to make sure you do this for the new year, because you know, you want to be looking back and when you write things down on paper, you're really kind of setting that first step of, of making that, you know, that manifestation happen, you know? Yeah. I feel like a lot of the things got thrown out the window just because, you know, I, we all know what happened. Like this shit hit and it felt like we were on like a snow day. You know what I mean? That never seemed to end. And that went on for like months where like all my goals for fitness went out the fucking window and all my goals for like personal achievements or travel went out the window and that, that shit sucks. But there were some stuff that I was able to check off that I was like, oh, hell yeah, I did do that. You know what I mean? Or, oh, fuck, because we were the same. Like, I just never checked back in with my book. And I feel like that's super crucial. So if you are doing a book this year, like, I, I need to put it in a place where it's in front of me all the time so I can kind of check in periodically or set calendar reminders so I do check into it. Because I realized, I'm like, damn, I wish I would have been thinking like that. Like, we wrote that down in January, but I didn't check this shit at all the whole year. And I forgot that some of these goals were things I wanted to achieve. And I definitely could have added that into my nightly routine, or I definitely could have started my day off like that, or it would have been cooler to, you know, hike two times a week or some shit, whatever my goals were at the time. Like we didn't even write down surfing, but just now that like, there's all these new things and the way things have changed, there's ways I could have adapted and 
held myself accountable. And I think that's the important part about writing down goals and understanding your goals and observing your goals and understanding how things are shifting. Like I, I needed a car at the beginning of the year and I wrote that shit down and was able to check that off, which was cool twice, random. Didn't yeah. mean to buy two cars, but definitely bought two cars. And that was a huge step that I wanted to take to get a car and pay it off in full or whatever and was able to check that shit off. And like, if that's the only thing I really was able to check off besides like my income goals and all that other random shit, like that's, I'm mad proud of that. You know what I mean? So definitely the reflection is really cool. I think like, you know, I, for me personally, like speaking of my experience, I'm looking back at all my goals. Right. And there's so, so much that I didn't end up doing. And like I said, a lot of it's attributed to me, not like really recharting the path whenever the pandemic hit. And like, that was just, this whole year has been a big, you know, smack in the face for everybody. And I think I, I saw this on Twitter somewhere, maybe shout out to Raven. She probably tweeted. She's good at tweeting like positive things like this, but some, it was like, you know, if all you did was survive 2020, that's a great accomplishment. Right. So right. I think for me, looking back, like I'm not beating myself up necessarily for the things I didn't accomplish or the things I fell short on, or, you know, hit, you know, like different things in my business or uh, personal fitness, like aspiration, things I wanted to read, things I wanted to learn because yes, this year was, was crazy, man. You know, like for months there, we didn't know people like us work as freelance or entertainment, especially here in LA, like things got shut down for months. So we were just, no one knew what was going to do, what was going to happen. You know what I mean? No one knew when everything was going to start back up again. And in March, we thought the shit was going to end in August and now mm -hmm. it's next June. So it's like, whenever it is. So I think I'm taking that into account when I look back and reflect and understand like the reasons why I didn't fall short from other things, but I'm also, you know, being holding myself accountable, like you were saying, and realizing like, you know, I did fall short. What aspects did I, feel, did I fall short in my personal life, my business and my social life, you know, and my family, like where did I fall short and what did I accomplish and really writing those things down? Because those are, those are definitely the first steps towards making a successful 2021, right? It's like, first off, you got to really sit there and, you know, pat yourself on the back, like look back and write down all the things that you did that, that we're, you should be proud of. Cause I think, and Ben, you should talk on this too, because you often forget maybe what the cool shit that you did throughout the year, because you're not really actively accounting it. And then if you were forced to sit down, you're like, damn, that was dope. You know, in March I did this and I always wanted to do that. And that's tight. And I think that reflection period is even more motivating than like the negative side of it, which is like, what did you fall short on? You know? Yeah, absolutely. Cause you still, I mean, it's not like we didn't do anything this year. You know what I mean? Like we found ways to be creative, whatever the circumstances were. And I, and we helped mad people like black window cream turn into like, Oh shit, we need to be a resource right now because a lot of creators are are struggling like there's just like no outlet oh i used to travel i used to do these things with events like all the uh, so many creators surround themselves with paid paid gigs on events and and that shit got canned immediately so we went and tried to find resources to kick to the community and talk to an accountant on how you could adapt with uh your business and utilize you know some of the income coming from the, st the states and we did so much stuff there and i think that's so cool and i am proud of the way we were able to shift and our podcast immediately, like we just moved into this office the year before with the intention of having a space to interview people and to, and to raise the quality of our podcast. And then the pandemic hits and our, the people we shared an office, we moved out right away. Cause they were like, well, we can't, we're not going to be able to take this on. And we were stuck with like either fronting the whole bill for the entire suite or we moved out immediately, but we're like, yo, we can still make this, like we need the space. We need to make it work. And we were able to like tackle that with the, you know, the sponsorships we got and things like that. And that, that's, that's cool that we were able to do it. But then all of a sudden the podcast never, we never got to interview anyone again. You know what I mean? The rest of the year, we didn't interview anyone in person again. And even right now we're like in two different rooms just because of the way the shit's uh, blowing up right now. But it's like, it's crazy to think of like how, you know, 
okay, shit hits the fan and we can't interview people, but we adapt and survive and found a creative way to do it. And, and we, we learned as we went, you know what I mean? So many people had to learn as they go and challenge themselves to keep making it, perfecting it. Like we know, like right away we were interviewing three people on one episode just because we we're like, let's just have conversations. And then we're like, yo, people are probably sick of talking about COVID. Let's get back to creativity shit. All right, cool. Let's, let's dive into some topics. And then we started really going in and, and I think we slowly kind of rebuilt what the Black Window Cream podcast is. And, and it just takes time. It takes time. And, but that all happened in one year. And it's cool to reflect on that and really think about all those challenges and how we were able to overcome those. And if you can overcome any of this shit in 2020, you know what I mean? Like your business, especially when shit goes away again, hopefully when COVID disappears, like you're going to come into a full force and be able to attack your business skills and, and your creative skills in more ways than you ever were before because you had to pull it off in your apartment. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, definitely. And I also think too, like what's, you know, a blessing, you know, it's not a blessing, but like compared to this past year, like at least this year, when you set your new goals and you really set your new path and stuff, you're doing it with the information that COVID exists, right? So you can now plan with that in mind and create goals that are going to be achievable and that are going to be within the circumstances of the world today. You know, I think like, obviously when we, when you set goals in January, like I keep saying, like you didn't know that. So it just totally fucked up. And now you can really look back. And I think a part important part of that too, is like you really mark down and, and, and take note of all the successes and all the positive things you did and, you know, pat yourself on the back and celebrate that in terms of the progress you did make and the things that you, you accomplished that you, you set out to do. And then it's like you reviewing that. And me personally, I'm thinking like, yo, like I'm trying to figure out my new direction, right? Like my direction in last January is way different than where I'm currently at my mindset, my mindset, right? right. I'm looking back in this book. I'm yeah. like, man, I wanted to do, and my goals were totally different. Now, when I look at them, they don't even apply to me anymore. And I never check back. So now when I'm looking back, it's like that reflection period of like, what do I want to be? And where do I want to go? What are my ultimate goals? Now that I have the information I have, you know, mm. there's COVID, you know what I'm saying? Like things are shut down. There's no music. There's no live music if you're doing it or whatever. Like in my, in my case. So like, what is it that I'm trying to do and start, trying to create that, that target, because I feel like a lot of the past year, personally, I was, you know, I was really doing some dope stuff, but there were times in the year where I might've, I was just kind of floating I, Maybe I was wandering and not really like, I wasn't going towards anything because all the goals I had set were just like, I just threw them out the window, basically, you know, it was mm -hmm. like survive mode. Cool. So I'm just, but I was doing dope stuff, but I wasn't moving towards like anything that I could really be proud of and be like, damn, I really accomplished like this thing. I think there's so many dope stuff, things I accomplished, but me personally looking for 2021, I'm thinking like, where's my true direction? Like, what do I truly want to be? Right. And starting to reflect on that now, because the goals I set and everything that I'm going to intend to do next year needs to kind of like go in that direction. You know, I think what I noticed too, when I was reflecting, it's like, there's so many excuses for shit. You know what I mean? Like it was easier this year than ever to make excuses for so many things that would just take some time, like setting aside time and really dedicating it to that. And reading that and noticing that, that like a year, 365 days, dog, that's a lot of days where I'm like, there's no excuse for me to not have completed this. You know what I mean? There's no reason I shouldn't have, couldn't have done a hundred pushups every day or some shit. You know what I mean? Like whatever it was, it's like, why the fuck did I just let that shit go? And it's weird because it felt... Like the year felt, it went by mad quick, but in, when you like really feel like when we were in the groove of it, it felt like it was taking so long. Like this year just took so long, like, because it just felt, I don't know, just delayed. Everything was delayed. Like, oh, I'll get to working out next week or I'll, I'll get to like dealing with my finances next week or I'll push, you know, everything just was so easy to push off. And that's the one thing that I really noticed was that I was 
fucking the king of making excuses for myself. Like just the king of allowing shit to slide through the cracks and deal with it later. And, and I think it's accountability, um, having the accountability. And I think maybe for people out there, like it, it could be wise to have an accountability partner. You know what I mean? Like finding someone that could team up with you moving into the next year that is doing the same thing and being able to set, not the same like work, but like setting goals and trying to make sure that you create a time to check in on it and, and hold each other accountable to that so that you can really get through and really analyze where you're at and keep making those adjustments to perfect and build up your quality. Like as far as a creative goes, like you want to be able to always be on top of your moves. You want to make sure you're always pushing forward. You want to make sure you're always leveling up and following your, you know, your own goals is important. And if you don't check into that, like what the fuck are you doing? You're just kind of gliding. Yeah. yeah I think, I think it's easy to flow, right? Like it's mm-hmm. easy to kind of just like, you just kind of like, you have the clients you have and, and, the, and the jobs come to you and you do them and they're dope. And sometimes really dope opportunities come to you and you're just hyped on them. But also like how much, it's so much more powerful to actually be like charging towards something, right? Like I think one of my main themes next year, I think is I, I want to do a lot more seeking. Like I want to do a lot more like me outreaching and going and getting something, right? And going and like, what do I want to accomplish and who do I want to work with? And what, what things do I want to achieve? And going and getting it versus like maybe I've gotten a little comfortable with the client list that I have and having such a dope network that dope opportunities naturally through my relationships come my way and I'm able to kill them and make new relationships. And I'm, I've been complacent with that energy, that flow that comes toward me. And that's something to be blessed for. Right. Yeah. But also like I'm not doing much outreach. I'm not doing much like emailing anymore or like calling people or setting things up and pushing, opening and like creating new doors for myself, you know? And like that comes with really understanding, like, where do I want to go? If you don't know where you want to go, like what direction you're going in, then you have, then you're just, you are floating, you know? And I think this time of year is, is, is a great time to kind of like really think about that and think critically about that, you know? On the podcast a year ago, we had literally pitched this idea of journaling and writing down these, you're really categorizing your, your goals and shit. And even though we did that, you and I sat down and wrote the Black Window Cream shit. And I think you, you went and built your own. And I like just hesitated on, I like made it too complicated in my head to even sit down and like write down my goals. Cause I was like, I don't know my goals. And it was crazy how long it took me to get started. And then one day I just like forced myself to sit down and write it out. And then I was just like, bloop. And I have all these ideas and now being able to look back on it, I'm like, oh, wow, that's cool that I was able to do all, you know, the, the beginning of the first three months of the year, I was able to get some shit knocked out, but it took me so long. And I don't, it, it's funny how you can set up your, you're building your own roadblocks for yourself. You know what I mean? Like you can become like super complacent and you can allow yourself to like, like you said, be floating around and just kind of like, let. and it's good. That's a good position that you can be floating because you're not like scratching for the next dollar. Like you're, you know what I mean? But if you got put in that position, you would be doing the outreach. And that's how we all are when we start, start this out. Um, so blessed to be in a position where, you know, the work flows in steady enough that you don't have to really trip about it, but it is like, would you be more passionate about the jobs you're doing if it were things you were seeking out? And if you were like, you know, how, how crazy, like it's sick because someone came to you and was like, yo, do this BTS video for Big Sean. And that's a war- rewarding in itself. But it would have been a little cooler for you maybe earlier in the year if you're like, I want to work with Big Sean and you su- like started seeking it out and were able to pitch an idea or whatever. And, and they I said, could've. yes, I could've. you could have, you could have for sure. Didn't. And that's, yeah. what's, that's what's crazy about it is like, and hundred percent, bro. Cause like, I think, when you are floating, like, you know, for me, for me personally, like the opportunities that are super rewarding come to me and it's because there are people that believe in me that will offer me those opportunities, but you can go get them more 
if I was to go seek them out and like, who do I really want to work with? And what do I really want to do? And going and making it happen versus like hoping one day someone hires me to direct the music video or something. Yeah, shit. of course. You know what I mean? Like no one is going to just be like, Dave, we wanted you to direct this music video. And if someone did, I would probably say yes, right? Mm. But if that was an actual goal of mine, something that I really wanted to accomplish, I can't just sit around and wait. One day I want to be a music video director, right? Let's say I, I do. I don't even know if I do. But if one day I want to do that and like, I'm never going to become that if I don't make that like a, like a, a concerted priority. like goal of mine and yeah. I start fucking knocking the doors down to make it happen, right? Right. No one's just, that's just not going to happen. That comes with the being a target. Like if I don't have direction, if you don't have direction, if you want to direct films one day, bro, if you want to direct feature films, like that's never going to happen unless you decide I'm going to be a feature film director, like, and make that concerted effort, like conviction, like, and then starting to make the outreach and do the moves that will take you there. Right. You know? Yeah. No, I love that. I think, um, yeah, it's really interesting. I love I hope for people that are listening, you, you just, the main takeaway is that you just need to commit yourself by reflecting. You're able to kind of analyze, even if you didn't have your goals written down, I wish we would have said this in the beginning. It's like, this still applies. Like you can really reflect and think of like, where were you a year ago? Where were you in your business? Where were you in your personal life? What, what were you thinking at that time? Like really try to, to tap back into those memories and jot that shit down and then be able to use that as your carving path as you as you plan for this new year. And I think it's so important, man. Like you made me aware of it being important to write this stuff down. It is cool to see me write down what I hoped I would make this year and be able to be like, oh, cool. I surpassed that shit. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that's fucking rewarding. 100%. And I wouldn't feel that way right now if I didn't have that written down. I wouldn't be like, damn, I was hoping to make this and I made that. Or damn, I was hoping to take a trip with like to with Lauren to go on our first vacation to do two of those this year. And we were able to do one and I can't go anywhere anymore because of this shit. You know what I mean? Like, dude, for, I'm, I'm a big, I'm a huge believer. in like, this, this is where you get kind of like to that mental state, but I'm a huge believer in that law of attraction, manifestation, energy that there is in the world. Right. And that comes with, like I said, it's the conviction and writing shit down. Like, so like when you make your goals for the next year and you reflect on the, the past year, figuring out truly what do you want to accomplish and the goals you want to set and who you want to be writing it down and then fucking believing in that every day and working towards that every day, those things come true. Yeah. And like the first step is actually writing it down and then holding yourself accountable to it and looking at it and saying, I want to direct if Ben writes, I'm going to direct a feature documentary in 2021. And he writes that down and he's looking at that regularly and he's speaking that and he's make, doing the things towards that, then that will come to him. Right. right? And that's the first step of it is, is writing it down. So I think, if, you know, if you want to take something actionable from this episode, I think the first, like we said, the title of this episode is the first thing, the first step to a successful 2021. And I think that first step is this reflection. First off, write down all the biggest accomplishments you had in your, in your year, in your personal, creative, professional life, right? Really think back and think about what, what did you accomplish? How did you grow, et cetera? And then do the self-assessment part of it, which is like, write down the different aspects of your life, you know, your financial, business, personal, family, learning, whatever it is, and look and figure out where did you fall short? Like, what are the areas of your life you want to improve on? And what things are you falling short on? Or what things that do you want to focus more on in 2021? Because all of that information, like basically make a whole note sheet, write all that down. And that's going to be all of your ingredients and like your work, your, your notes to make your goals and your true like vision, quote unquote board for 2021. I think that's why it's the first step. It's like, you got to do that first. If you just start writing goals, I think you're just going to write what you think you should do. Like, I want to do this, but you don't, you haven't really assessed like yourself and like, is that something I truly want? Because if not, 
it ends up like we have this year, which is there are a lot of goals in my book that I didn't accomplish because they turned out to not be what I wanted, you know, or they turned out to not be possible or whatever. Yeah. I love that. And then, yeah, really attack that shit this year. You guys are going to crush it. We already know that. I don't want to make this too. I mean, we're basically just beating it down just so you understand it. It's like, we don't, we all need to be able to hold each other accountable and really push through this next year to make sure we achieve our goals. Even if we have to deal with more fucking roadblocks like this COVID bullshit, like everyone's getting through it. Everyone's finding ways to get through it. Everyone's turning the keys and being able to start it up and, and run with it. So um, it's been cool to hear all the success stories of people being able to figure out how to deal with this. And I know some people haven't figured out how to deal with this yet. It's still scary. They, they still yeah. have no idea how the fuck they're making this shit work or how to get jobs. They're new to creating, which is like the worst time in the world to become a creative and especially become not to become a creative, but to become a creative business and to try to figure out how right, to make a, a living off that shit is probably the most wild year to do it. Or it could be your most successful year. Who fucking knows? I don't know. Well, I think, I think that like, like I mentioned earlier, like to wrap it up or whatever, but I think, you know, the blessing in disguise is that now when you do this, you have the information you have, right? So you can, you, we've experienced this year. We got hit in the mouth, all of us, like the whole world, us for sure, whatever, like with everything that went on and you can like, we've experienced it. And now it's like, you have the, the understanding of what it is to live in this world. And, and like with all the experience, the downs and ups, whatever, and make true goals and new direction. That's going to make everything possible with everything you have, you know? Um, yo, let's wrap this one up. I, I want to get to the next segment, which is one of my favorites. So we're going to run the new theme song that, that the homie made. And now it is time for the community questions of the week submitted by our very own BWMC members. All right. Um, uh, this first question comes from Polly C. Let's run it. Hey Ben. Hey Dave. It's Paul. I just want to share a story and get your thoughts on it. So my friend's company was putting together a live streaming event last minute and needed help. Her boss pitched me the project and I told them upfront it would probably cost about $2,000, but I wanted to help out my friend. So I told them I could pull some strings and break even for around 650. They said they didn't even have that, but I knew I would be calling in favors and stretched thin already. So I was firm, explained the cost and suggested a cheaper pre-recorded video or said they would have to find someone else. A couple days later, they came back and offered me more than my quote, $800. I assumed they shopped around, realized I was honest about the cost, and worried I was going to turn down the gig. Fast forward to the event, everything goes smooth, we over-deliver, and the client is impressed, so they end up paying a little extra, $900. This experience reinforced to me something you always talk about, know your value, and always know your cost, so don't be afraid to offer alternatives when the client doesn't have the budget. For most potential gigs, especially favors, I make a line item budget that includes theoretical costs, things I would include or want if a client had a bigger budget. This helps me pitch for future projects, and I also might offer it up to the client to help inform them for future projects. We sometimes forget that most people don't know how much a video costs. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on how this worked out and if it reminds you of any gigs you've done and the lessons you've learned from those, especially ones that were favors and maybe didn't turn out so well. Uh, thanks, guys. Yo, thanks for calling in, bro. Uh, and congrats on on being able to pull it off. I think that that's uh, commendable. You have to. I mean, we talk like you said. We talk about it in the podcast all the time, like being able to fight for your value and and explaining to your client, teaching your client what costs money. Because when someone comes to you for a project and they say, "How I want this thing created," and you just say, "Oh, it's a it's two grand or whatever," and and that's it. The email just says, "How much will it cost?" Two thousand dollars. They're like, "What the fuck?" 
for what? Like, we just want the simple video made. But when you start breaking things down and say it's going to cost this for this, it's going to take this much to edit, it's going to take this much to buy stock footage or whatever, the, you know, when you really line item things out, um, that really helps. I would say that really helps the client understand what it is. So even though you did that, they still didn't have the bag. And it's cool to hear that you still stood up for some amount of money and you were prepared to walk away, uh, which I thought was, you know, I commend you on that. And I think that's important. I don't know. Dave, have you had... Have you had to deal with that? I'm trying to think of like personal experiences. Man, I, you know what? I, I just think my, the, uh, the value I take from that and for people listening is like, you know, that we have had people on this exact segment ask questions about, you know, it's what we talk about. It's one thing to work for free. It's one thing to work for less than your value if you know it's going to be a future opportunity. But at some point, you got to be willing to walk away or you got to be firm and set your price. And I think in this example, what there is to take away is that he explained everything he did. He did all the, the breaking down the selling, but at some point, if they weren't going to take the 750 or the 650, whatever it was, he was going to walk away. And guess what? They, they respected that they went out and they realized, Oh, this is a good price. And they came back and he still over delivered and was able to get more. So I think like, you got to know your value. Like, you know, we got to get paid. So what's your price? And that's what it costs to make something happen. And if people turn you down, that's fine. Right? Because like the people who you want, you want people who know your value. So there's going to be people who turn you down. That's fine because at least they know that you are worth something. You know, yeah. like I've, I've definitely, I have a story one time with like a big, uh, the, the, you know, the manager of a, a massive artist, like, you know, super respected hip hop mogul basically to uh, offering me to shoot content. I think they were, uh, they were reaching out to me kind of like to see if I, if I was so down for the opportunity that I work for free, kind of like, yo, can you come and shoot, come out and shoot today? And, you know, I'm working, I'm busy. So I just said my price, yo, my, this is my price for a shoot and edit, uh, day rate. Um, and he kind of came back and was like, yo, that's too much for us. You know, we'll keep you in mind for future projects, but appreciate it or whatever. And I'm like, afterwards, I'm like, damn, should I have just been eager and, and went in to, to improve them and impress them. And I would have just got the bag later, you know, and looking back, maybe I should have done that because I haven't heard from them since, but you know, I, t <laughs> I talked to you, but it doesn't matter because I talked to you after. And I think like, and for me at this point, I'm confident in my value, right? If I'm going to go out and spend my time and do my work, like, like that's the, what I'm, what's my, my cost. And at least when they, you know, there's going to be an opportunity, you know, probably in the future where they come to me for a job and they understand my value because I've asserted it, you know, and the people, there's other clients that'll pay for that same, that same thing, you know? So I no, think it is good. I think that the important part about it is like, especially if you're already busy, like why stress yourself out just for another credit and no money? You know what I mean? Like the credit's cool and you can use, there's times and places to do that shit, but you've already done enough of it to the point where you can take that pass and you are busy enough that it's not going to hurt you. Some people in a, a different position would probably have to, to just suck it up and take that gig and do it for like, or, or they do it willingly, you know, they do it willingly. Like they just always take every job, but like people are going to remember that you're the person that you go to for the cheap, you know, cheap turnaround, like, oh, cool. I could pay them nothing basically. And they're going to make a video for me. So sometimes, you know, you just have to play devil's advocate on both sides. Like what's the advantage here? What's the disadvantage here? And, and when do I stand up for myself? Um, but I think in, in Polly's case, it was, it was a good move to be able to set that up to, you know, you did at a discounted rate. That's only going to happen one time to this client. They paid a little bit extra because they were so happy and they understand what you normally would charge so that they're trying to help you out with whatever they have. But next time, hopefully they've done the time, they've, they've built up the budget and they come to you at the proper rate that you're happy with and that they're, they're going to be happy with paying, you know? Yeah, I think you, you over-delivered. So like the next time they come to you, 
they know the value now and now you can, this is your your price is the full price and and they they're going to understand that you know right yo let's get into uh the second question it comes from Richard hey guys I want to give a big shout out to Ben for you know replying to me I sent him uh, a message and I said look I want to spend a year traveling with my wife in an RV um, and he came back and said hey do a do a 60 second and I'll put it on the podcast and see if you guys can help. I would like to have Ben join me at one of these events and help me with doing some filming. And all the black and no cream guys, you know, throughout America, maybe join me at different places. Now, in order to do this, I'm trying to get a sponsorship from an RV company. I want to pitch them and I want to show them how many people I've got, you know, as followers. So I would like to have as many people sign up to follow my adventures, I want to have a minimum of 10,000, maybe 20,000 followers. Ben, thanks a lot. You're doing a fantastic job with your program. Yo, Richard, thank you for uh, sending the message. It was, it was, uh, I know I've seen you in the community several times and um, yo, he's starting a YouTube channel. The guy wants to travel the US and, and tap into different resources in the community. And I think that's the beauty of Black Widow Cream is that, you know, you could go travel and really tap in with the community by searching through who lives in certain places and reaching out and asking for people. So my biggest advice for this is, I don't know. I don't know if I can roll around in your RV. I don't know when you're planning on coming here or whatever, but I know community members definitely could tap in. So you should make sure you, you share like where you're going to be and when and see if anyone could come meet up and at least get a cool introduction to people. But I applaud you for starting a YouTube channel and trying to, trying to hit your goal and, and getting your sponsorship. Definitely make a deck. That would be my piece of advice here is like if you're trying to reach out to clients and potentially get someone to sponsor your trip, um, maybe packaging your idea in a solid deck will help uh, make people understand who you are, what your goals are, how, you, how you're trying to achieve it. And honestly, man, you should start reaching out to news agencies because I think what you're doing at your age and creating a channel, like it's typical that it's going to be a younger audience on YouTube, but you want to go attack YouTube and, and really try to pull these subscribers. Like a lot of news sources may be down to cover this adventure and and you could try to hit different markets when you travel um, to share your story, which I think would be cool and it'd help you get some subscriber growth there uh, just because it's not the normal type of common content that you would find on YouTube. So definitely check that out. But let's get on to the third question. Last one is from Josh. Hey Ben, big fan of the show. My name is Josh Klein and I'm a filmmaker and photographer from Denver, Colorado. I have a situation where I was hoping I could get you guys advice. Pre-COVID, I was shooting lots of concerts. Approximately one year ago, I got hired to shoot Echo Music Show in Colorado Springs, Colorado, while he was on tour with Ritz, Dizzy Wright, and Whitney Payton. So when I'm at the show, I'm there to get lots of videos and photos of Echo before, during, and after his concert. Obviously, while I'm there, I was also able to capture photos and videos of other artists who were performing. So I got photos of Ritz, Dizzy Wright, and Whitney Payton. After the show, I posted photos of Echo, but sat on photos of all the other artists. A year later, rolls by and I decided to post the photos of Ritz photo on my Instagram and tag Ritz, but he never reposted. A few days later, Ritz posts his own post on Instagram, but wait a second, it's actually my photo, and he did not credit me. And he cropped in the photo to take out where my watermark would be in the corner. So I post on my story asking Ritz to credit the photographer who took it, aka me. And lo and behold, my Insta fan base blew the post up with 50 plus tags, tagging my name, saying that I took the photo, and I just replied to all of them saying thank you. So 24 hours goes by and I still have not received credit for my hard work that took me years of practice and years to acquire my gear. And he just straight up stole my artwork and played it off as his own. That gets under my skin like no other. 
If he were to credit me for the photo, I would shut the hell up and move on. But since he did not, my Insta fan base blew him up, and it feels amazing to know that I have 50 diehard friends, homies, and clients who will go to battle for me on social media platforms. Do you guys have any advice for this whole situation? Yo, Josh, thanks for the question, bro. Um, definitely a relatable situation that all of us deal with, you know, especially in the music industry. Crediting is like this whole, the whole deal. We've talked about it plenty of times. It's definitely a social currency. It's something that we want. It's something that we do deserve as artists, right? And I wish that the culture in art, like in artistry in general was just like, excuse me, like I wish all artists in general just wanted to credit the photographer, right? If everyone just would just aspire to give credit to the person that created the art, we would be in a much better place. I think the truth is though, and the the reality of it that you have to understand is that a lot of people don't get credited. And this happens so much. This happens to me and Ben all the time. It's just the way it is. Things get lost in the shuffle. You shoot a photo and you're at the, the, the festival and this dude doesn't remember that you're the one that took this photo. You know what I mean? And maybe you upload the, your photos to the manager and the manager texts them to the artist two months later or whatever. And he just on his phone, he's like, oh, this photo is dope from last October. And he posts it and he doesn't remember the credit. You know what I mean? And maybe you don't have the manager's email to go reach out to them personally and say, hey, I would appreciate it if you could credit me on this. Um, so I, just, I think for first off, it's just to understand that this is a reality and it happens to everyone. It doesn't mean anything less of your work. Um, Obviously, we'd all love to get credited. And I think there's avenues that you can take to make that happen. Like if you do have the contact of the manager or the day-to-day manager or the agent, you could send a courteous email to them, not angry, but just kindly requesting that you get credit on the photo that he posted. And a lot of times that, that can work, you know, so that if you have a nice manager, a nice uh, contact within that artist's team, and they're willing to go tell that artist, hey, like, you know, we got a message, can you credit? But the truth is, is that's still not going to happen. So you can take the recourse that you want to take. But I think first off, it's just um, understanding that, you know, it's kind of part of the game and there are things that you can do uh, before you take the job and after to kind of make sure that something like this doesn't happen, you know? And I think when it's a year after the event, it's definitely going to happen where he doesn't credit you, you know? You know, I, I don't know how many times I've had photos of me sent to to me and I'll, and I'll screen, you know, rec- save it or whatever. And I'll just have it on my phone. And then like two months later, I see it. I'm like, oh, that's a really cool photo. I'm going to post that on my Instagram. And I have no idea. I try to search for who the fuck sent it to me. I don't know how many DMs I've gotten on Instagram. I can't find out who it was. I have no idea where it came from. There's no way to save like file names on my phone. So I just never was able to save who who actually took it. And I'll even put in the caption like, yo, I have no idea who took this. Like hit me up if you did and I'll credit you or whatever. Because you just forget. Like I want to credit that person, but you literally save. Think about and I'm not famous. So imagine someone who is famous, who's getting sent photos of them performing because they play shows every single night where there's 20 photographers in that city shooting from the pit, all set, trying to get their shot and sending their photos into the DMs and saying like, here's my photo, here's my photo, here's my photo, uh, hoping to get tagged and these people just randomly post it. Like it's, it's uh, I think you should look at it as an honor that this person liked your work enough to share it. It does suck that they didn't tag you, but most of the time they don't understand what it's like to be us. They don't understand what it's like to be a small creator and how that tag is going to help you. So they may have just missed it. It is what it is. And they probably have so many messages that they're not seeing your cry for help. Yeah. And also like, like, I think the tone is important. It's kind of like customer service. Like, and to be honest, this is just random, but when I am calling customer service, my biggest thing is I'm, I'm going to be the nicest, most courteous person possible. Right. Because that's how you get people to do things for you is you want to be nice to them. So if you angrily hit their manager, like, Oh, the fuck you didn't tag me. That's not going to make them want to tag you. you yeah. Right. I mean? So like, 
Like, but if you had all, if you had all your friends be like, yo, this is, this photo is dope. Shout out to my boy who took this. And you had all your friends speak in a positive light about that photo tagging you. Then you're creating a, like a positive reaction where that person's like, oh, you're right. Yeah, this guy is dope. And they tag you. So just be careful with your tone. I think like, it's not, it's not a personal front against you. And lastly, this artist, it sounds like this artist did not hire you to shoot these photos. So they really don't owe you shit. You walked in and took a photo of them and they, you know, you just took a photo of them. They may have not given you permission to take a photo of them. They were the opening act for whoever you got hired for. So at the end of the day, they don't owe you anything, right? So I would just be like stoked that someone did it. You could share it and, and have the messaging on your platform to your audience to say like, yo, this is so cool. This big artist just share my photo. Check this out and use that as like a cloud grab for your audience or whatever, whoever you're trying to track. But like Dave said, kindly reach out to people. Be cool about it. It sucks. It happens, but pre- prepared to take the L. Like you're a photographer shooting artists that everyone does that. So when, you, when you're going up against so many other photographers like the chances of your photo even getting picked is slim. So the fact that this person shared it is cool. But I, I do agree with Dave, like just relax, reach out to whoever you can, think outside the box of how to contact them, understand that these people are so busy and they get so many messages from people all the time that your 50 people might not even make a dent in the DMs. You know what I mean? And this person might not even check their DMs. They might just not ever open that shit. So they're just missing your messages. They might not know that they're hurting your feelings or whatever. Uh, so you just need to, to, to take a step back and reanalyze it, I think, and, and just approach cautiously because these people could hire you next time they're in the city if somehow they found out that you were the person if you built up that proper relationship by asking for the credit and they say yeah yeah I got you I'll take care of it today I'll I'll text them right now boom they give it to you guess what next time they roll through you got the contact you can hit them up and be like hey I had a great time shooting Ritz last time I'd love to pull up and shoot this artist I don't remember if that's the name I'd love to shoot up and shoot this artist again for you blah 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 and maybe you'll get paid for it you know what I mean you never know how that's gonna go anything else that we left out on that no, I was just going to say what you said, so that's a cool. great answer. Yeah, appreciate you guys listening. Um, you know, New Year's approaching, so so strategize wisely, and uh, we'll, see you, we'll see you in 2021. It's been a good year. Yes, sir. Let's do it. Peace. Peace.